Just sitting there. Oh, okay. You ready to go? I'm very suspicious of you now. I'm waiting. After that entry. <laughs> After that what? Well, he was acting on that entry, man. Oh. Yeah. What entry? What entry? What I do? The only one I didn't see it was Ron. What's that? When I walked in and said, hello, lady? Yes. That's <laughs> 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 the trick. The, the, the real question is, did anybody yeah. say hello back? They did, yeah. all three of them. Wait, I did not. Lies. I did not. Lies. Yeah. <laughs> this is where the truth gets awfully blurred. Hey, I'm stretching it just a little <laughs> Episode of Broken Record Ministries. Hello, I'm Ronnie. That's not so silent, Ron over there. Hello again. <laughs> Scientific Mike's over here. Hello, everybody. Brother Bob. Hello, everybody, and Beta Mike. Thank you, Bob. SpongeBob. You're welcome. <laughs> I'm gonna soak her up tonight. Yeah. <laughs> Pardon the pun. <laughs> and the professor, Carl, is he? What's up? That was it. That's it. That's all I got. That's it. I'm just overwhelmed by what's happening on the other side of the table over here. I don't even know how to respond. Yeah. <laughs> Mike, would you read our Bible verse tonight? I will. It's from James chapter 3, verse 2 from the ESV version. For we all stumble in many ways. And if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle his whole body. Tonight's topic is deflection. Not to deflect on going straight into the topic or not, but my translation, which is the CSV, well, what I'm reading from, it also says... uh, stumble and maturity instead of perfection which i think kind of i know what it means but i like the esv one better because i don't know how you can be perfect and mature all at the same time like it's two totally different words that mean different things But I digress. (laughs) (laughs) Deflection. How have we deflected in our life? Currently? Past? Whatever. In our walk? Prior to our walk? I'm currently deflecting, hoping you pick somebody else. Well, I'm staring holes at you. So I, I know I can you, tell what you got. I think for me personally, <clears throat> I deflect sometimes. I use humor to do it. Um, 
whether it's I was hurt by a, something someone said, you know, in the uh, in the world. Um, I I I think it's a very deep subject. It's not. It sounded really simple when you first put it out there Sunday night. Mm-hmm. But you know, I spent there a lot of time thinking about it, and I'm like, where am I deflecting? Where am I deflecting? And I guess I'm stumbling because I can't even come up with a deflection properly. Well, you brought up a good point. There's different ways to deflect or people deflect on different things, right? Sometimes you deflect by humor. Humor. But deflection is also can be seen as a as a self pres- trying to preserve yourself. It's a defense. Defense, self-defense, thank you. Yeah. To something that you don't want to talk about. Right. You may hear the hard truth and go, well, hey, how about those Cardinals? Mm-hmm. Or the Texans? Right. Uh, or you might answer the direct question with a skirting around answer. Right? Like, so you're just rambling and putting some words together. Hoping they stick. Hoping that whatever you say suffices the person that that asked the question. Mm-hmm. And it was good enough for them. Okay. Because now I don't want to talk about it anymore. And then it's usually followed up by, well, the weather's nice today. At least it didn't rain. Or the week's been good. And then you just drive right past it. Whatever <laughs> question you wanted deflected, all of a sudden you're gone 60 after that. You deflect. We move. I think we use deflection sometimes when we have something we may have been convicted of or have had truth spoken to our lives and we're not comfortable with either. Mm-hmm. So we find a way to go around it, whether, whether that's humor, changing the subject, yep. or just walking out of the room, whatever it might be. But but sometimes it's comfortability too. Mm-hmm. Right. And commitment, say, like maybe you're throwing yourself out there with a group of guys around the round table. And a guy says, hey, I'll show up, but I'm not going to speak everything. I'm not throwing anything out there. Or someone who's supposed to be here. Yeah. (laughs) Was that a bash? No. That <laughs> oh, was just a light kick under the table. Okay. <laughs> That's to both of you. I was just saying that kind of hurt. You, you both said that. But I'm just saying, right? Like, so you're deflecting because you don't want everything out there. I need a new name. Silent Ron cannot work no more. <laughs> oh, let me pick it, Ron. Please let me pick it. <laughs> well, no. No, you pick some stupid names. I have not. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> Feel the love, everybody. <laughs> stupid. Okay, and back to what we was doing. Yes. <laughs> That's an example of deflection, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> that was a good one, there, wasn't it? It was. It was good. <laughs> but that's what I was saying, though. Is sometimes you don't you want it that close to your best. And you don't want to open up. Mm-hmm. Even sometimes when you want to, but your defense mechanism kick, kicks in and you deflect it. And then hindsight being 2020. 
then all of a sudden, then you're like, man, I had a chance to open up to whoever, to my friends, to somebody I'm witnessing to, to whatever. And then you're like, it, it, I did it again. I deflected again. I think we do that too. It's our spiritual life. I mean, we think, you know, if we put this show on outwardly, we're like our ducks in a row, you know, checking the boxes that we'd like to call it. But have we fully surrendered everything to God? You know, that's, I, I, that's how we deflect that. It's pretty cool you brought that up because I was talking to a brother of mine earlier today, actually, and we were talking about how uh, he's very transparent and I try to be as well, you know, when I stumble, when I make a mistake. Same with him to just be open about that, you know, and, and surrender that and let him transform it. And he's like, a lot of people don't like that. He's like, I get a lot of pushback from that. And I said, I think the reason is because we try to be fake. We, we try to present this air of perfection about ourselves and we try to hide our imperfections and we deceive ourselves into believing that it's somehow good. But when we see somebody else being transparent about their stumbling, it highlights how fake we are. And we're so focused on covering up, deflecting our mistakes that we're not handing them over to be, to be weeded out. If that makes sense. Makes a lot of sense. I think that's the enemy's goal with deflection. That's really where my mind went to when you brought the topic up is how the enemy uses deflection, what the purpose is. That uh, reference, James 3, 2, I had a suspicion about the word, that word for perfect you kind of focused on. There's a couple of different ways to translate it. The Greek there is teleos, and it's uh, derived from the, the Greek telos. And it, it, doesn't, it doesn't just mean perfect. It can also mean brought to a completeness. So blameless. So it doesn't necessarily always mean perfect and that we'll never attain to that sense. It can mean that that uh, brought to a fullness as in you've surrendered everything to the most high. What I think I think maturity does. I think it fits it better. I think it fits it better because I think what James is trying to say is when you allow when when you when you surrender control over to the spirit and over to the father he can bridle you and control you to bring you to the completeness so he can weed out those bad behaviors and those bad attitudes but i think the enemy's purpose in deflection deflection at a spiritual level is to get us to um, go in a different direction so to teleos really means uh being brought to the end goal so the father has an end goal for you for your life for your for your perf- for your for transforming your heart condition. Mm-hmm. The enemy wants you to go in a different direction, right? Mm-hmm. To get to a different end goal. And I think that's what the enemy's trying to get you to do is to either deflect you off the path the father has for you or to have you go down the path the father has for you in a bad way. If that makes sense. Yeah. Like, let me give you an example. Like the other day we were driving around and uh, this woman came up behind me. It was, it was on a, it was on a road here in town. It's like 30, 30 mile per hour speed limit. And she's like right on my bumper. And you can tell she's so irritated because she's trying to push me to go faster. Like she's focused on getting where she wants to go. She doesn't care about the rules. Right. And she wants to push me to speed so that she can get where she's going quicker to get me to, to take my focus off of the way that you should be driving off the rules, the speed limit focus on her and speed to please her, to make her happy. Right. I get pulled over for that. You know, if, if a cop sees two people speeding, they're almost always going to pull over the lead vehicle. 
You know what I mean? Almost always. And usually when somebody's pushing you, they kind of know that too. Mm-hmm. Right. I think that's what the devil does though. I think he tries to, to bully and push us to ignore the rules that the father has for us, that he's put there for our good mm-hmm. to get us to go down the path in a bad way that leads to a, to a not so optimal end goal. Mm-hmm. I think that's the purpose of the deflection to, to be on your bumper and to push you into, into stumbling mm-hmm. and to straying into doing things the wrong way. Uh, when I came up with this topic, actually it was more about isolation, right? So I won't pick on Carl for, for a minute because he's on my side of the table. Usually I try to throw rocks on that side. <laughs> it's the ugly side over there. But you remember, I don't know, years ago now when we first met, right? He's and we have men's group on Mondays yeah. or on Saturdays, mm-hmm. right? <clears throat> and I asked, and then you came, and then it really bothered you, right? And, like, I tried to follow it up, but, like, we never actually, like, physically talked about it. Right. Right? So then we both deflected talking about it. Yep. And it was like, maybe you thought I I would think of why you didn't want to go was weird and didn't want to hang out. Right. And then I was like, well, I don't want to like, we both deflected for different reasons. Mm -hmm. And so, and it could have created a rift in the relationship. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. And so like, I think what I was going through was similar to how I perceived you were going through at that moment. Like, I don't want to make people uncomfortable or weird or think I'm weird because I'm already an outsider part, mm-hmm. you know? And I was like, so I'm going to deflect and be as whatever way I can go. Let's I'll answer your question as quick and as broad as I can. And then we'll skate right past it. Yep. Absolutely. And I think the enemy uses that part to try to get us off that path a little bit or as to where we can isolate ourselves. Mm-hmm. as where our self gets in the way. He knows how to push those buttons. And then all of a sudden he turns that volume way up. And then the only thing we can hear is just noise. Yep. I think that highlights too, that trying to make peace, but doing so in the wrong way can actually cause problems. Cause that's an example where we, you know, we're talking about just, just for those listening, the, the, the reason it may be uncomfortable wasn't because of the men's group itself. It was, it's on the Sabbath and it's at a place of business. And I don't, I don't, I won't do that. But, uh, just giving you like right now, I just gave that direct answer. Right. Yeah. I wasn't doing that before. I was trying to make yeah. peace cause I didn't want you to think something. I don't know why I really, I really don't. I didn't, I, I guess I don't want to hurt feelings. There's all kinds of excuses that go, that go through your head as to why you don't just give a direct answer as to why you do what you do or don't do what you won't do. Right. And do, do, yeah, do, do <laughs> you try to make peace. And really it just, it creates this, this sort of gray area where everyone's mind kind of goes wild and yeah. it almost always goes wild in a very negative way. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. work, like it plays out the worst, yeah, it does. It, it, it plays out the worst possible scenarios. I, I've been there, right? The worst possible scenarios is yep. what you think about. It's like, and that direct answer could have deflected in a good way. All of that, all of that. You just yeah. don't know what you can and can't say at that time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, maybe because you don't know how they're going to take it, and then you're the bad guy, and then how do you, when you try to fix it, it just like it digs a deeper hole. Mm-hmm. 
Well, and that's where the enemy will use past experiences too. Because I, I it, it, self-analyzing, looking back, that's part of the reason why I'm not direct about that kind of stuff. Because I have past experiences of not being treated too terribly well from people inside the churches for doing certain things that aren't popular inside the churches. So I just avoid it. Right. And I shouldn't, because that's not a good witness. You know, that that destroys my own witness. That I'm not I'm not shining a light by doing that. I'm covering it up for my own personal comfort. What does SpongeBob have to say? <laughs> I don't know. Where's he at? Sitting right over there. <laughs> Where is SpongeBob at? He likes pointing, doesn't he? I didn't point. He's he deflecting does. right now. He's Major. deflecting. I'm talking about you. Me deflecting? <laughs> oh, it's true. You know, uh, deflection becomes a habit. Mm-hmm. You got you to gotta change that habit to, to actually get rid of it. I know this because I'm the king of deflection. <laughs> I kid you not. I mean, if I don't want to answer something, I'm going to beat around that bush. Mm-hmm. And if I don't, if I don't, you know, if I think it's gonna, if I think it's gonna cause strife, I'll definitely deflect it. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's good deflections, there's bad deflections. Sometimes it's good to deflect something, especially if it's gonna cause trouble. If it's gonna if it's gonna start some kind of a wedge between another person and you, just leave it alone. Now, there's bad deflections, you know. When there's something going on or something wrong, and somebody asked you if there's something wrong, you're like, nope, I'm good. Nope, it's all right. I, there's nothing wrong, or, you know, and I'm good at that because I just, I, it's hard for me to open up. I mean, it just, <clears throat> sorry. Go ahead. No, go for it. You, you said uh, if it's going to cause, what did you just say? You deflect because it could cause a problem. Mm-hmm. But at the same token, how are you uh, holding the accountability by deflecting, by not saying nothing? Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. It does. That's just it. I mean, because, but then if you do bring it up for the accountability, you're the bad guy. Right. Because but, that then, person. Then the other person will that, Yes, because mm-hmm. that person doesn't see it, but yet you're called to call them out on it. And then feelings get hurt Mm -hmm. and then the talking stops and so it it, it comes to a point of where when i was thinking about this topic for myself am i deflecting this or am i justifying this right like am i doing this for a good reason Mm -hmm. or am i doing this to try to justify my reason. Yeah. It's just it, you know, and, and that's why if I feel like that what I'm, what's going on inside me doesn't need to be aired, I'll deflect it. Mm-hmm. I'll, anybody's asked, if somebody asked me, if I don't think, if I don't think it needs to be aired right now, it's good. Cause a, a little deflection <laughs> might not hurt because then as time passes, and I'm saying time as in like hours a day or whatever, then we mature and then we can approach it differently. At least for me, right? Like if I'm raging mad, I don't want to talk about whatever at that moment. Right. Mm -hmm. Like we're all parents here. 
right? There's been times when a kid would make me mad and the best thing to do was for me to go outside or them to go to their room because the punishment was going to be hard because it's going to be right in the heat of the moment. Mm-hmm. But a couple hours later, there's still punishment, but I calmed down a little bit. Yeah. Now, evidently, I've done a lot of deflecting here lately. We all do. Well, because I don't, I don't have a uh, filter. No, really. I will say what I think, and if you don't like it, <laughs> you know, unless yeah. you can, unless you can throw it back at me and prove me wrong with what I'm saying, that's just the way it is for me. Like you were saying, for me. And I've had to catch myself several times because it, uh, even though I feel I'm being truthful and the truth hurts, the other person or persons, whatever, it just starts a battle. And once that battle starts, it's hard to get out of it because you just want to keep going because you want your, your reasons to be known or your right proven and i i finally i got to the point where i'm like okay i say it once they don't want to they don't want to believe it then it's done i'm like you can learn the hard way i was like i tried to tell you you don't want to hear it go down your road see where it leads don't come back to me saying i wish i would have listened though so so i deflect a lot on that do you think that's right no, probably not. I guess it all depends on the situation, really. But there's been several times where I've wanted to speak my mind. And I sit there. I'm a, I'm a type of person that I think ahead. If that makes sense. I think ahead. If I say this, what could be said? Then what could be said? And then it's like, is it worth it for all that bad to be said mm-hmm. over a little thing? Mm-hmm. So do you just let it go and let that person or myself, whoever it is, just go on and live and deal with it? Or do you tell them or yourself and then just roll with the punches? Right. So, I mean, I guess it's a (laughs) 50-50. A toss-up. Yeah, because here... I'd say in the last six months, maybe eight months, I've had to hold my tongue quite a bit because I believe if I say what I want to say, I will lose a lot of people. I think it's case by case for sure. I think you have to, you have to be mindful of, of where the person is and, and trying to meet them where they're at. Sometimes somebody needs a harsh word spoken into their situation. Sometimes they, they need a softer approach. And it, 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 there's really not a blanket, a blanket. This is, that. yeah. But sometimes when you do that soft approach, say you do that soft approach five times, you get to the point of where it's like, like Ronnie, he goes outside. Well, for me, after five points, if you're not getting it in the soft way, I'm going to throw it at you hard. Mm-hmm. I'm going to hit you with the brick. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you're not getting it. Listen to the words that are coming out of my mouth. <laughs> So, but then that, 
then that's where the the tension comes. Exactly. And yeah. then you don't know what to say and you don't want to lose the person or whatever as a friend or whatever it is. Right, yeah. And then make the make the situation harder. Yeah, no and matter. then then it just eats you up. Yeah. Cause you don't know how to fix it. And it wasn't never your intention in the first place to bring them down. You were just trying to do the accountability thing. And they either took it wrong or or something, something got crossed in how it was said or how they took it or whatever. But also you guys think about like, it's not a hundred percent always on you though. Cause there's that, two, cause there's two sides, right? I agree. I, no matter, I say that no matter if it's a work relationship, a friendship, somebody that you just met, like there's two sides. And the age-old question that I kept bothering our pastor about how this podcast got started. was like, we went out to this person's house 12 times already. When is enough enough? Like, I don't even want to go now. Like, it's just like we're, we're doing the same song and dance. And his answer was, you don't stop. As many times as it takes. As many times as it takes. And you know what? I hated that answer then. I hate that answer now because it's true. Because <laughs> that's it, right? Like, how, how many times has, and, and I know this isn't biblically accurate, has God looked down and been like, Running the same song and dance. Here we go again. It's only been 24 hours. It, a week if I'm lucky. Right? But he's there. I've kind of got to a point on a few people that I uh, I kind of just tell somebody else, a fellow brother or somebody, and I see if they can make some kind of a impact. You know, because... Obviously, what I'm saying, they don't like, or I've already been stained in their eyes. You know what I mean? Like, this guy's full of it, you know? Mm -hmm. So, I tell somebody else, and if, you know, they they watch, and if they see the same thing, maybe that person will get it from that person instead of me. Maybe I'm too close to them for them to want to take it from me compared to taking it from somebody else. And that's a good point. So I tag somebody in. Because sometimes our deflection comes from how close we are in that relationship as well. Or how not close we are, but trying to get close. Like in Carl and I's situation at the very beginning, mm -hmm. right? Like that was where we weren't as close as we are now. So then our, our deflection was trying to not stain how we how hard we were trying to get to get close. But also on the flip side of that is like maybe you are too close and you're just hyper focused on one thing. Cause I know I've done that. <laughs> Me too. Right? Like it's just like and then when does it become trying to keep someone accountable to 
now I'm nitpicking at everything. Yeah, I think that's important to remember that, that, that the enemy wants us in the extremes. You know what I mean? Even if like it, something can be can be technically correct, but we can be so fanatical about it that it can cause more problems than it solves. You, you used the word accountable. That's awesome to me because that guy that I mentioned that I had a conversation with today, that was the other thing we talked about today was accountability. That word accountable. And specifically, we were talking about in the Garden of Eden. And when when Adam and Eve fell, when they ate from the tree that they weren't supposed to, when God comes to Adam, he points the finger at Eve and says, she sent. She told me to eat it. When he goes to Eve, she points to the serpent and says, he sent. He told me to eat it. Technically, what they were saying was true. That wasn't inaccurate. It wasn't a false statement. The problem was there was no introspection. It was, it was all about externalizing. This person over here is wrong. This person over here is doing something that's not right. And there was no consideration of their own personal accountability in it. So that was that was the error. They it wasn't deflected. The blame. They deflected the blame. It's exactly what they did. They deflected blame because they didn't want to face that they did something wrong. Adam wasn't wrong that Eve sinned. Eve wasn't wrong that the serpent was the start of all of it. Where they were wrong was they weren't taking accountability for for their own part in the fall, because for their own knew. part in the sin, because they knew. Mike? Oh, wait. He's, he's not, not Mike. He's not here. Huh. Weird. Oh, I see what you did there. So deflect off him and go to the other mic. <laughs> Scientific <laughs> mic. Coffee mic. Yellow mic. Beta mic. Scientific. Yes. Moon landing mic. Scholar. What would you like to hear? Now that we've dug into the topic a little bit, through a lot of, you got anything else? You got, has stuff came up that you're like, oh yeah, maybe I am deflecting here. And you don't have to like get super detailed in it if you don't want to. I was just asking. Well, yeah, you know, as everyone talks, at least for me, a lot of things start to click. Mm -hmm. It's like a conversation starter, you know, uh, it starts start thinking, what have I been deflecting on and why? And I'm like, Bob, some of those things just not ready to bring out you know i pray about them but uh that's about where i'm at with it and uh now is it because you think it's going to hurt you or the person that you're thinking about or the situation or the situation yeah that's I'm not, what, that's I, what I really don't ever worry too much about hurting myself i've done significant damage and i seem to bounce back so it's it's usually a situation. I mean, I came in today pretty down, not sure what I was going to say. I'm kind of still there. <laughs> well, sometimes it's good to just listen. You don't have to talk all the time. I can be an active listener. Yeah. Bob? Yes? You have anything? No, yeah. <laughs> oh. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> the reason the reason I deflect stuff like that when it's when it's something that's that's personal for me is for one thing, I probably haven't hashed through it all the way. Haven't really figured out for sure what it is. The other thing is is most of the time 
I allow God to allow me to focus on what needs to happen before I even open my mouth. Because most of the time, if, if I open my mouth too soon and I bring it to light, God may not have wanted it to brought it to light yet. See what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So that's that's one reason I deflect. Cause it, you know, I gotta I gotta hash it out in my head. I got to allow God to be able to and you gotta give him time to answer you. I mean, sometimes he'll answer you right away, sometimes he doesn't. Just all depends. Just all depends on his timing. And when he does answer you, it's gonna be in the right time. And you're gonna get the right answer. So, I mean, yes, I, I deflect a lot, but most of the time it's because I'm still hashing it out and I'm still, I'm, I'm waiting on an answer from God for most of it. Um, now there's a lot of things that used to, when I was, when, before I was saved, I deflect everything. I wouldn't tell people nothing because the less they knew about me, the better off I was, or at least I thought I was. Mm-hmm. You know, because if I would have answered, if I would have answered things back then, like I answer things now, it wouldn't have been good. Because most everything that come out of my mouth was for my purpose, not his purpose. Everything that I thought of back then was for my purpose, not his. Now that he saved me, that he's accepted me as one of his as one of his children and has made me that way now i try to think things through hash things out before i open my mouth and ruin things that's why i deflect a lot on some of that stuff i mean and i'm like you i, I really didn't know what i was going to talk about tonight you know and i mean because now i really don't deflect a lot especially when it comes to especially when it comes to godly stuff I just, I just put it out there because the only way to do it on the godly stuff and you know it and you know that they're, they're in wrong on what God wants them to do. Truth is the only way to do it. No deflection or not. I mean, even if they try to deflect it, that truth still busted that barrier because they heard what you said. And that's going to plant a seed. How do you know when it's time to say something? How do I know when it's time to say something? Yeah. Most of the time I'll have a piece about it. I'll just have a piece in my heart about it. If if I'm still hashing through something, I don't have peace in my heart about it. You know, God God will give me that peace and then it's time to talk about it. Time. You said back in when you were younger, it made me think about when I was younger. Obviously, I was sitting here thinking about it. I deflected a ton when I was younger. And it wasn't because of what was being said or said. It was because of fear. I was afraid of what was going to, the consequences. Mm -hmm. If somebody was to say something to me and I brought something back because I was, you all call me Silent Ron. You don't know how silent I was because when I was growing up. Yeah, now it's just. A play on words, really. Yeah. <laughs> back then, it might have been true. Now? Yeah, but I, I look on it now, back then, as a younger kid in high school and all that and going through school. I didn't have a lot of friends. I had one in school. 
So I had to watch what I said around everybody else. And the reason I'd never talked was simple fear. Fear of what was going to happen if I said something or what was going to be said and then how it would escalate. Mm -hmm. You know, it could go bad. It could go real bad, you know. So I deflected a lot growing up, and it was strictly because of fear. See, and that, that's the thing. Mine was And I don't fear now as much. Right. Mine wasn't fear. Mine was protection mode because I didn't want the people to know who I who I truly was. Truly was. You know. Yeah. Because I'm gonna tell you guys, I, I was not, I was not, I was not a good kid <laughs> at all. I was not. Because like I said, and, and you'll hear more about it during my sermon, but anyway it's it's just not good i was i was a bullied kid from the time i was in kindergarten until i was in about sixth grade and then after that when i hit my growth spurt and i got bigger that's when the mean guy come out see that's you changed you started you threw the defense in when i was young i was scared when i got older it didn't change. But the me. thing is, is, is from the time from kindergarten to sixth grade, my defense was being scared, was fearing for things that I thought was going to happen to me. Then that fear. So you deflected. I deflected it. And then, and then, re- when, and then he reacted. Yes. The fear, the actual fear that I was deflecting become my anger. Became your ammo. Yes. Yeah. And it was it was not a good ammo, but that was almost like a protect a protection mechanism yes. snapping in your head in a yes. different in a different way. Yeah, yeah. But, different way. Yeah, but for me, my protection side was keeping my mouth closed. Mm-hmm. I wasn't a big kid in school, you know, six one, hundred forty pounds. You know, somebody could just push me over <laughs> the wind. Yeah, <laughs> so you know, K through six, I was quiet. Seventh through twelfth, I stayed the same. You know, I knew who I could talk to, and I knew who I couldn't talk to, and I knew my boundaries with everybody in the middle. Mm-hmm. But you know, that's where we differ because from K through six, and then from seventh on, I wouldn't talk to anybody. I was just mean to everybody. I'm talking flat out mean. I I was a, I was definitely a loner. I had one friend, and he knew how far to he knew how far to push me or or what, because he could tell the signs when I was getting angry. He'd leave, <laughs> you know. Um, it just uh, I'm telling you, it was not good because what happened to what happened to me from kindergarten to sixth grade founded who I was from from seventh grade on Am until. I- until I met my wife and I squashed him. And then here, not too long ago, he come back out so God could squash him. And now he's gone for good. I think the reason why I was so quiet all the time is because even in school, I was quiet, but yet in my home, I had to be quiet. Right. Because if not, sometimes it wasn't. 
Now there again, I a can't, lot of times it wasn't very good. Right there again, I can't say that because my home life was actually where my protection was at. Mine was not. Because my dad, I mean my my dad was my best friend. I mean he he taught me everything, and and that's why that's why I hung with my dad all the time. I was always in his garage. I was always helping him do mechanical work, you know. And I know you guys didn't get that, but I'm gonna tell you it, that that was where my protection was at. That was my safe haven. Was in my dad's garage. I think for me, it's a combination of what you both said, but for different reasons, maybe protection out of fear. Like I'm, I'm afraid of being pushed away. Been pushed away so much in my life that I'm afraid of like saying sort of like just like last night, Bob. When I shared that experience I had, mm-hmm. that was hard for me. And like you're, I can count on one hand the number of people I trust completely. You're one of them. And even so, that was a struggle for me to to spit that out. I know. I, I could tell you struggling with it. It was hard because there's vulnerability there, and I'm yeah. just I'm afraid of being pushed away. Like I, I have no problem airing out truth publicly because mm-hmm. I don't know. You know what I mean? You can't push me away if I don't know you. That's right. I don't have a relationship with you, but speaking truth to you or anybody, anybody here, like you brought up the Sabbath example, I've struggled with that because I'm afraid of losing those friendships again or losing those relationships because that seems like that's been the theme of my life. You know, though, the thing is, is what kind of friends would we be if we, if we pushed you away because of that? Yeah. We wouldn't have been friends. No. I mean, because like I say, I trust you guys. I trust you guys with everything. And I can tell you guys whatever. But being a friend means being in the muck and the mud with them. Putting them putting them gun boots on and jumping down in that ditch with your friend to help them dig that ditch. That's what friendship is. Friendship is when you're hurting, we come, we listen, we love on you. We tell you it's going to be okay. And then if you need to beat or hit on something, we're there for you. We'll be your punching bag. I mean, Smite volunteers. Smite volunteers for that, <laughs> yes. But, I mean, that that's what true friendship is, and that's what true brotherhood is, is you can go to each other and you can talk to each other, and you can tell each other whatever it is, and you're not going to get judged for it. You're not going to get pushed away. You're not going to get talked about. See what I'm saying? I mean, it just, that's what true brotherhood is. Yeah. And that's what we've got. No matter if we're in the stick of it, in the mud. Right. Or we're sitting on a porch swing watching the sun go down. Exactly. It's all the same. It's all the same. On that, final thoughts. Moon landing, Mike. Hmm. Come on. I don't have a pearl wisdom like SpongeBob does, but uh, SpongeBob ain't got a pearl wisdom. (laughs) (laughs) Or anything to say in Greek or Hebrew like Carl, but I don't know. Um, Carl said something about being transparent. And, you know, everybody wants to be transparent, but that's a word that you can say, but it's very easy, easy to say, but very, very hard to do. Agreed. You know, it's like when you ask me to read the Bible verse tonight, I'm a dyslexic. Reading for me is a, a big problem. And I don't mind sharing that because if I, if my struggles can help somebody else, I'm all for it. But if it's some struggle that I have, 
that I don't think anybody can help with, I don't share. Talk about isolation, being isolated. I tend to isolate myself a lot. And a form of deflection again. I don't have a pearl wisdom. I really don't. Like I said, I came to this not knowing what I was going to say. But if you can do your best to open up, I think you're further ahead. I know that if I could just teach myself that, I think that's what I would be a lot better off. Texas Ranger. Uh, I I don't really have anything. You're going to pass? Yeah. Or I can't think of anything right now. My head's full of too much. Okay. So fair enough. Bob? I say if, uh, if you're going to use a deflection as protection, don't. Because it, it all it does is fester up hate, especially if it's for the wrong thing. Been there, done it. And that's exactly what happened to him. That's exactly what happened to me. I used that deflection for protection, and it turned uh, it turned to some serious anger. You know, the thing is, is, is just try to be transparent. You know, like like Mike said, it's easy to say, but it's hard to do because I still have trouble sometimes being transparent. You know, um, especially to strangers. You know, because and I don't know why. I just. I guess that I guess that goes back to my habit that I had before, you know, mm-hmm. that uh, they don't really need to know who I am. But I shouldn't be like that because who I am now is what God wants me to be. Who I was back then was who the world wanted me to be. And I'd much rather be the guy that God wants me to be. And I want to be transparent with people. That's why I always ask for prayer for boldness, to be able to be bold with people and talk the truth. So, yeah, just just don't do the just don't use the deflection for protection because it, it doesn't work. I'm going to go and then I'll have you go last, Carl. So you, and then you pray us out. OK. Deflection usually comes from protection or justification. Both ways aren't healthy, even when we think they are. Both ways are centered for us. because we think we're protecting ourselves or we're making ourselves right. And we don't have to be either thing. Right. I was thinking the other day, <clears throat> smear campaigns, right? Those have been the big thing in the last couple of years, right? And then we had canceled culture and the whole nine yards, right? And there was things said about me. And you know what? Like some of them might have been true. But I myself was a whole lot worse than what was said about me. And so did I deflect to protect or did I deflect for justification? And the answer is both. I did both at different times, different circumstances. Because 
some of the things that were said about me was not good. But that was only half true. There's tons of things, like Bob said. In my past, I was not a good person to anybody. So, like, if they only knew all the truth, (laughs) you know, like, that's the whole thing. You don't even know half the crazy. But, (laughs) yeah. So, when you're deflecting, ask yourself, why are you deflecting? And then start there. And always go go to him. Go to prayer. Your turn, sir. Okay. I want to share a little bit about the goodness of God, um, an experience I had in the park the other day. Uh, my big deflection recently that he's revealed to me, weed in my heart that I didn't think was there, is my propensity to elevate my relationships with people over and above my relationship with him. Um, I don't treat him like my first love, or I haven't been. I, I treat other people like they're my first love, spouses, friends, things like that. Well, one spouse, I have one. <laughs> it's, a weird, it's a weird way to order it. <laughs> did you become Mormon? No, I did not. No, I did not. Um, I almost treat him like a backup plan. Honestly, if I don't receive the love from people that I think I should get reciprocated back, I go to him instead of going to him first. And um, he had to reveal that to me in a very painful way. I was driving to the park. And uh, I was kind of looking for a place to do a video and I was praying. And at one point I prayed, I'm just like, God, I'd give anything just to have a hug from you right now. I felt so far from him and I didn't want to feel that anymore. After I prayed that I went to all the spots that I normally go to, to either, either either thank or, or do a video. They were all taken, right? There was somebody at every spot that I would normally go except one. And it's, it's a place that I, I won't do a video there, but I go there sometimes to just be with him, to just pray, to just think it's peaceful. It's that spot in the park here in town where it's like a pier, like a walk out onto the lake or onto the pond, wherever you want to call that. Is that, is that lake size or pond size? Would you call it a lake? I don't think I'd call it a lake. i call it a watering hole. A pake? <laughs> a lawn? A, a pake? Lawn. I like I don't pake. Know. Whatever they, it they is. They call it Rothwell Lake. But yeah, okay. So I went there. I they're stretching it. I think so too. So I went there. And I went out on the pier and I'm just, just sort of standing there. Um, and there was a couple birds flying around. All of a sudden, a couple birds turned into like 10, 10 or 15. And they're all like swarming around that, that pier thing all around me. <laughs> and something in me just clicked. And I'm like, this is your way of hugging me, isn't it? And when I, when I came to that realization, I was hit with such an overwhelming emotional sensation, like he was there. And I hadn't felt that in, uh, too long, but, uh, I got, I got down. I had to pray to him and thank him. When I did, it was so wild. It's like all these birds that had swarmed gone. And there was only two left. The two that are normally down there. I think they have a nest. And there's an I-beam right above where I was at. And both of them side by side, perched up on the I-beam, hopped over to the edge and just watched me. Totally calm. Just watched me. And I'm like, you know, thank you. <laughs> thank you. You know, thank you to, to, the, to the Eternal Father. 
thank you bird for listening to him <laughs> you know <laughs> it was like when i'm when i hit that realization back to normal again yeah i've never experienced anything quite like that i just wanted to share that because you know although he will let us walk through difficult seasons to reveal things in our heart that aren't good um to reveal the weeds in our heart that that he needs pulled out that he needs us to hand over so that he can pull on us so that he can squash it like you said bob he's still there and he's so good to reach down to bend down and remind you that even in those dark difficult seasons he hasn't forgotten you and you're not alone and and your circumstance is not what you feel about it your your, your circumstance is defined by him and your relationship with him and we just got to get back in the words of will a friend of mine we've got to get back to the purity and perfection of the relationship that we had in the garden that was the intent the original intent was just to be with him, to walk with him in the cool of the day. It's not about rules. Rules matter. Adam and Eve found that out the hard way, but it's not about the rules. It's about the purity of the relationship. And if we could get that right, if we could just get our focus back on him, everything else would work itself out. It really would. That's all I got. Let's pray. Most gracious Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your love and your compassion and your mindfulness and your faithfulness. And yes, we also thank you for your correction and your chastisement. Thank you for revealing those things in our heart that are drawing us away from you, that are damaging our relationship with you. Just forgive us for those times when we've diverted our eyes away from you and, and deflected our gaze from you onto things that aren't good. And then I pray that you just pull our gaze back on you. Help us to look to you, to look only to you, to lift you up and to treat you like our first love, to not just say it, but to live it, to mean it, to have a heart that desires you above all else, to love you first and most so that we can love those around us, right? Again, we thank you, and I pray that for everyone listening, for everyone in this room, for those on the other side of the microphone, I pray that you would just wrap your arms around us and just remind us that no matter how we feel, you are there, and you care, and you'll never stop loving us. Again, we give it all into your hands, and we thank you so much. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. I don't do this every episode, but... Um, if you have any comments, questions, or suggestions, or just want to reach out, email us at brokenrecordministries at gmail.com. Um, if you have Facebook, join our Facebook group. There's a couple of announcement things that we got coming down the pipeline, and that way you can hear it there first. We're also, just to add, we're on Instagram and TikTok as well. Our at handle is Broken Record Ministries, all, run, all one word, no spaces. And until next time, we'll catch you on the flip side.
smile at me, say, hey, baby, it's covered by my blood. Oh, I really 